everybody. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of Winners and Winers Radio. Give us an hour and we'll give you the winners. I am your host, Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. And I'm your co-host, Scott Rochelle, senior handicapper over winnersandwiners.com. And together, we make up Winners and Winers Radio. So it's good to have you guys with us. Happy Tuesday to everybody. A uh, brutal day for me in the old NFL on Monday, finishing out, well, pretty much the uh, the way... A lot of my weekend went for the pros. How about you, Scotty? I had one play. Uh-huh. So I kept it light. Yep. I went over, uh-huh. but apparently I lost less than you did. Yep. Uh, but I had Justin Herbert over 37 and a half as the longest completion. Re- a couple of deep shots there, which just didn't work out. His longest completion turned out to be 34. I just needed one broken tackle. Couldn't get it, but... Williams was wide open down the sideline in the first half. He missed him. He was gone, arguably, for 70 yards. Missed him there. They ran a flea flicker. They had Keenan Allen across the middle on a deep crossing pattern. He missed him. I had chances. The Chargers had the ball for basically the entire first half. Ridiculous half And yet, yeah, the longest completion was 34, and I ended up losing by four yards. Well, let's see. I had the over, and we were fighting a losing battle from the time the Raiders came out on the field in the first half as they recorded. What did we decide? One first down in the first half? Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, yeah. yeah, brutal. And then I had uh, Brian, uh, Brian Williams over... Uh, 30 mean Edwards? I mean Edwards. Uh, yeah, we got the, we got the Ed, I got Williams in the brain. Edwards over 34 and a half. Uh, they targeted him one time through about the first three and three quarters of the game. And he uh, caught one pass, had a shot. We were we were live, Scott. They th- they threw a bomb to him on that last drive for uh, for the for the Raiders, but as Carr did most of the night, he overthrew him. So if I'm uh, going to listen to how good Derek Carr and Justin Herbert are, it's probably in the game I'm looking at. Is what I'm telling you. I, uh, I, Justin I, I wasn't Herbert, impressed with either one of them. I thought Justin Herbert was fine. Uh, truth is he didn't really need to do much because the defense was so good for the chargers. All Herbert had to do was just not screw it up and they won the game. Well, I mean, he was, he was fine. I mean, he, he, yeah, he, I, and I, thought I know, was fine. and I know, and I know guys are going to be out there, you know, like three, three, three touchdown passes. He's great. I, I think I was higher on his performance than you were because I thought he did a good job of going through his progressions. Yeah. So I thought he was fine, but he didn't really need to do much. The chargers were coasting the entire way. And then the one time the Raiders made it close, he scored a touchdown. Yeah, he was 20, 25 of 38, 74.6 QBR, 107.6 rating. Fine, fine. Better than yeah. Carr. I was even less impressed with him. Just, he was also running for his life the entire well, first half, but that is true. That's no lie. Uh, say, somebody want to block Bosa? Just saying. Just, a, just an idea. I don't know. It was Bosa or it was the interior guys? Well, the interior guys, Bosa would pinch him and, and cut off his cut off his retreat, make him step up, and, of course, he had no path to step up. So Bosa got him about half the time, and uh, then the other guys were there to clean the table. So, yeah, just all-around terrible performance. I'm I'm ready to put this week in the rearview mirror, you know, as a, a handicapper, somebody who's been doing this long-ass time, you know, betting on sports a long time, betting it professionally even long, or a fairly long time. It happens. You have brutal weekends like this, and it sucks. But all you can do is move on. Try not to be gun shy going forward. So that's what we're gonna do, buddy. That's what we're gonna do. And uh, that's all. You know, we got uh, we got we got a lot to talk about today. No, no, we don't. We have one baseball game to talk about. That's it. So 
We'll recap that. We'll re- recap the football game even more so. We'll even we'll go even further in depth and tell you why we're pissed off. But first, Scott, let's find out who else is pissed off, shall we? Let's uh let's take a look. You know who you are. You're out there. You thought you had a winner. Not like not like our plays where we really had no shot. Although when you've got it, when you got a longest pass, you're 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 live every time the ball is snapped. But in reality, for game, game flow, flow, you weren't you weren't, you, you weren't looking good. Right, right, yeah. exactly. So some people took it in the shorts out there, Scott. Let's find out not only who lost today, but who thought they had a winner. And then all of a sudden, they didn't. Let's call the cops, man. All right. Well, let's uh, let's kick it off, shall we? Preseason. Taking a look. And we really, I'm impressed that, because I usually task, we'll, we'll fill these out together. But then sometimes Scott, when you have to do the deep dive, he goes he goes above and beyond. So as I'm we- just saying, try to find one serious call the cops in one football game that was decided basically in the first 20 minutes. Right, right. I mean, it's I mean, I mean, if you had a list of all the props, I'm sure we could come up with something. But I'm, I might actually call an audible on mine because there actually was one really bad prop that I could swap in instead. Okay, but well, you can go for well, it. We're gonna start. Is everybody loves Scott preseason NHL? If you had the Calgary Flames on the money line against the Edmonton Oilers, man, you were in great shape. You had to be doing your preseason hockey dance. You were up 3-0 in the second period. The Oilers, they said, you know what? We're not done. We're not going home without a victory. Scored four unanswered goals. Scott, not one, not two, not three, but four. Flames lose 4-3. to three. If you had Calgary there on the money line, ew, so sorry. Call the cops. And this one is the one I'm just audibling as we speak. If you had a Derek Carr over six and a half rushing yards, you had a pretty brutal beat because he had three going into the last drive or so. Carr's scrambled up in the pocket, ready to go. He's got about five yards in front of him, and he decides, you know what? Minute to go. Slide. I'm slide down. Slide, early. baby. Gained three yards, finished with six. <laughs> I saw that, and I thought to myself, I'll bet that was a bad slide for a lot of folks out there. Yeah, very good. And finishing it up with hockey, because you know I love the NHL preseason. If you had the Red Wings, plus one and a half on the puck line, the reverse puck line, if you will, they're playing the Blackhawks. By the way, the Blackhawks got uh, Saturday night, played about uh, two blocks from my house. I could have walked. Cool. Could have walked there. They played the Blues in preseason game. Nice. About about arena of about forty five hundred people. I'm sure it was rocking. So anywho, Red Wings plus one and a half. Blackhawks. They trailed by one goal. Less than a minute left. Scott. Oh no. No oh, no. No. Don't pull the goalie. It's preseason. Don't pull the goalie. No reason for that. Oh, they're pulling the goalie. Scott, what happens when you pull the goalie? Uh, it depends. But usually, if you have money on the underdog, you're gonna lose. It's an empty nutter. I mean nitter. The Red Wings yeah. lose six to four. If you had plus one and a half pucks, too bad, Pucker. You got beat. Call the cops, baby. Not fun. There Not was another fun. honorable mention that we had. I replaced it with the car one because it was a push. Yeah. But if you were laying three with the Timberwolves in NBA preseason yesterday, uh huh. They're up sixteen points going into the fourth quarter. Sure. And they get outscored thirteen in the fourth quarter to win exactly by three. Ooh. I took it out because it was a push in the end. Yeah. 
that's a bad beat push right there. Thought we were chock full of content today. Way way too much content. Worried about going over an hour. Yep. Well, we can honestly go as long as we want. So we actually could go over an hour if we that, wanted. That's to. right. We've we're, we've kind of we kind of rearranged some things, and you and I are just doing this in pod video form now. We've taken the we've taken the radio part of our show out of it. So we may even drop an f bomb, Scott. We don't know. It could happen. They couldn't stop us. They couldn't even hope to contain us. No, no, absolutely not. So the opposite, Scott, of calling the cops when you're having those nice easy wins, something that you and I can vaguely remember from about a week ago. But there were some people out there that were on the right side. They were definitely sitting in that rocket chair. So the first one was on the football game. If you had the Chargers first half minus two and a half, you light a seven nothing after the first quarter. You light a twenty one nothing at halftime, which sounds easy enough. To make it even easier, the Raiders not only had zero points, they had only one first down in the entire first half and the first down they got the yardage was overturned by a taunting penalty that had or was that in the third quarter no that was that was no that was that was early that was in the it was that's why first half i don't know if it was a yeah so i'm pretty sure they got a first down finally and waller got a taunting penalty so they got a first down basically on zero net yards yeah Yeah, so Uh, not good so the down so the down count the first down counts and then they back it up 15 yards from where they were so yeah they what did they and the catch was for about like 20 yards i was gonna say they i think they netted five yards on that maybe but they won first down collectively as a team so ridiculous ridiculous scott just just utterly utterly ridiculous and we talked about it um about gruden and his his coaching decision but we'll uh, we'll break that down further here in just a minute well, Scott, looking back to the NHL. No, I'm kidding. It's NBA. If you had the Heat minus three, they were playing the Hawks. Not the Black Hawks, but the Hawks. Uh, they led by 16 at halftime. There's no shenanigans. There's no fourth quarter coming back to push. No, none of that. Uh, they stretched their lead out and end up winning by 26. If you were had the Heat, you were on fire. You were in good shape right there, sitting in the rocking chair. And the last one was also an NBA preseason, but this was an underdog. If you had the Spurs plus three and a half against the Jazz, mm-hmm. led by 11 points at halftime, sure. led by 26 after three quarters, and won by 26 points. Can't stop the pop, buddy. In preseason, apparently. <laughs> That's right. That regular season team's going to be awful. Think so? Their win totals, uh, it's gonna it's either in the low 30s or the high 20s. I'm pretty sure it's the high 20s. Well, I know it's going to be a terrible basketball team. I know they were awful last year, so they got even worse. They lost to Rose and they lost Patty Mills. That team is terrible. That should go well. All right, very good. Well, Scott, let's uh, let's talk about and see who uh, who we're going to hand out the golden feed bag to. We did for a slow sports day. We had a couple of uh, we had a couple of contenders here, but I, I've decided to go with this one. I think it's head and shoulders. Above the rest, Scott, who in the world is today's donkey of the day? All right, so I'm sure a lot of you have seen this story by now. The uh, Baltimore Ravens went into Mile High Stadium, exposed the Denver Broncos for the perhaps pretenders that they were as they started their season 3-0 and against the Little Sisters of the Poor. What do you think? Seven, seven and ten for Denver. Better hurry. Where they got three now? They got three now, but yeah, Bridgewater's got, out indefinitely. They got that, and they got that last place schedule still. So seven sounds about right. So as it comes as it comes down to it, Ravens, uh, they end up 
winning the game handily. They have they have a, a big lead. And Denver had kept all their starters in. They had gone down the field to score what we often return to on this show uh, as a meaningless touchdown. And in this case, Scott, it really was as uh, they just they didn't want to get they didn't want to get shut out, you know. So uh, um, that was uh, something that and they, actually, you know what? I'm wrong. They didn't they didn't do it, and they, they tried to do it in this game, but they weren't able to pull it off. They had scored seven, so. The Ravens get the ball back, and they decide that they are not going to kneel down with under a minute go to go because they are going to tie a record. It's kind of an obscure record, but it's, uh, I guess maybe to them it's not. It's the number of games in a row with 100 or more yards rushing. The Steelers have the record at 75. Ravens were sitting at 74. That's consecutive, by the way. Conse- Did I not say consecutive? Just I think you just said games total. Yeah, yes, in, that would, in a row. Yeah, that would have that would have been a uh, yeah a bit very big difference. So they gave the ball to uh, or Jack, Jackson kept the ball right on a on a carry on a keeper. He gained five yards. Baltimore ends and up took a knee. Yeah, then he takes a knee. Baltimore ends up with 102 yards. The record is intact. They tie the Pittsburgh Steelers 75 consecutive games. Everybody's happy, right, Scott? I mean, Denver's not happy. They lost the game, but no, well, no harm. I, no I know foul. we're going to go with this, but uh-huh. I'm just going to ask: If you were the coach of the other the team, snap. right? If how I was, would you if, feel about that? If I was Vic Fangio, yeah, I'd feel. And correct me if I'm wrong here, but I would feel that maybe I shouldn't have sucked so much for the entire rest of the game. That's fair. I'm just curious because you're going to talk about what Fangio said right I now. Am. I was curious how you would have responded. I would not have responded. I certainly I wouldn't have responded in public and sounded like a whiny little bitch. Okay. You know, if 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 your emotions get the best of you on the sideline because he threw a tantrum on the sideline, he threw his threw his headset and stomped around. Did he not shake Harbaugh's hand after the game? Or I don't know. I, I didn't. I didn't see that. The only clip I saw was him and throwing the tantrum, and then it cl- and then it, it cut off. I okay. didn't. I didn't see if there was a confrontation. Everything I read about this, they didn't talk about it, so. I don't really know, which makes it even more of a bitch move. If you got a beef and then you don't address it with the coach at midfield and then you go bitch about it to the press, I'm sorry, it's just this just gets worse and worse. So basically what happened, Fangio complained about it, bitched about it, press conference, bitched about it today. And it was, instead of talking about what a terrible job his team did, how they couldn't stop anybody, they couldn't move the ball, he chose the, to address the real problem of Baltimore basically running an extra play. Okay, so we talk a lot about unwritten rules. Apply to baseball. Last year when we were doing the show and they gave Tatis a hard time for hitting the uh, grand slam to show up the pitcher or what it what it when in a I guess on a three zero count. count. You know, in a game they were blowing out. That was he actually had to apologize for hitting a grand slam. I just remember the Padres manager agreed with the Texas manager, yeah. and that whole thing was ridiculous. I'd throw at him too, or he didn't say mm-hmm. that, but yes, that's exactly what it pretty much came down to. So, where are you at on this, bud? You sound like you—you you sound like you're maybe taking Fangio's spot here. You, you're taking his side. First of all, I think that you can make an argument that if you are the other team's coach, you would naturally be pissed. So I can kind of understand that point. I still think he should have said something to, to Harbaugh. But first of all, I got to give credit to Harbaugh. 
how many coaches even know that their team is in that situation? Right. Not only do they know they're close, they know exactly how many yards they get. And he, so they tell him to kneel down when he, once he gets five yards. And I know that that's a minor thing and it doesn't matter for the grand scheme of the game. That's probably why I love John Harbaugh as a coach because he just has this attention to detail on even the most mundane things. I just find it very admirable. Let me ask you this. Lamar Jackson's running around the edge, tears an Achilles. Now, are you still loving Harbaugh? Denver could have clocked him. Sure, sure, absolutely. Denver could have clocked him, could have hit him in the knees, could have hit him low. You see, I feel like Harbaugh is the kind of coach who, I'm not going to compare it to the fourth and one decision involving Lamar, hey, you want to go for it? I do think he probably told his team, listen, we're like one game away from tying our arch rivals record in, in the history books. Do you want to get five yards? And I'm sure they said, absolutely, fuck yeah, let's do it. That's that's my assumption. So I am assuming look he at, Look at you dropping the, the F-bombs. Look at you he go. We're going to drop one, so I'm going to do it. <laughs> that's it. But I'm assuming that he told his team beforehand, we could do this or we could not do this. And the team said, we're going for it. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's probably pretty close to right. He did seem to leave a lot of the decisions up to Lamar, which... I don't necessarily agree with that, but that's a whole different story. Yeah, if you're a coach, have a plan. I, I'm not really interested in what your opinion is. And when you get your own team, then you can have an opinion. But, you know, Lamar Lamar Jackson isn't Tom Brady. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't have 20 years in the league that I'm going to lean on his expertise. Um, so I'm just, I, Of course, I'm extrapolating what I saw in other moments where he asks Lamar and he gets feedback from I agree. the team. I, and I don't think you're missing it far. I don't think that was a decision he made in a vacuum. I don't think there's any way that the team lined up for a knee and Harbaugh said, no, 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 no. Run the QB sweep and take a knee after five yards. I'm pretty sure they all knew what was going on. You know, and as far as like a classless move or something like that, it's you're not throwing deep. You're not taking a shot. You know. No, you, he gave himself up after five yards. That's what I'm saying. That's Whatever. what I'm saying. You know, Fangio said, "Well, you know, we had our light defense out there, and it's about." It, what really made me mad, Scott? He said it's about player safety. Okay, but so, weren't they running no huddle the previous? That's drive? what I was gonna. That's what I'm telling you. So they get the they get the ball the drive before that. They get it. They get it at the at the, uh, at the 25, and they go eight plays, 70 yards. They get it down inside the red zone, and Locke throws an interception. So Never heard that one before. They did. They ran eight plays in a minute and a half trying to get that last score. Now, I'm doing the math there. Eight in a minute and a half. That sounds like they're not going full huddle after every single No, time. they're running hurry up. They're running hurry up down the field. So, yeah, I mean, it's not about player safety. You didn't give a, you didn't give a shit about your players in the last drive when you had your offense out there. I don't get it. I don't understand it, and I don't. I don't condone it, Scott. It's, it is what it is. You, you. If you don't want to get shown up, we talk about this all the time. There's a very simple solution to these problems. Don't suck. That's it. That's it. You don't want to get shown up. Don't give up the home run. You don't want to get shown up. Don't give up 23 points to Baltimore when you only put seven on the board. Don't suck. Then your problems are solved. See, I feel like I have to agree with Harv on this one in general because if there's one thing I hate it's how the quarterback and everyone are untouchable during the victory formation right you've competed for 59 minutes they're taking a knee 
and you're just supposed to stand there like an idiot Dude. instead of trying to shove the offensive lineman into the quarterback and trying to cause a fumble or something. They wanted to execute Shiano a couple years ago for doing that. I agreed with Shiano. You're down a touchdown. Try to get the ball back. Absolutely. Absolutely. When he was he was nosediving everybody there. That was with Tampa against the Giants. I and, still remember and that. And they almost got the ball. Yeah. They like, almost you gotta got try it. Something. You right. can't preach a game based on competitiveness and you go into a mysterious formation where all of a sudden you can't uh, do uh, anything. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Like, no. I thought we were. I'm okay. I'm okay with trying to do something there. So on the opposite end of the spectrum, yeah, I think it's fine. You gain yards. You kept your record. I am curious if they would have gone for it if it wasn't their arch rival who had the record. I was gonna. I was gonna ask you. The I same do wonder thing. if that played a factor into it. If but... it's if it's the Washington football team that has yeah. it. Like, do I think they would care? Maybe. Well, maybe about Washington, but any other team. I would assume like 70% would have been in for it. Yeah. It was Pittsburgh. They were definitely 100% in for going for it. Yeah, absolutely correct. So, all right. I think I think we kind of agree on this on this situation. No, we, we 100% agree. We just came from different angles. Right. And the I was sympathizing with Fangio in a way by saying, I can understand after you got your ass kicked, you don't want to get show, shown up. So he's kind of just defending his players, stuff like that. But I don't have an issue in general with what Harbaugh did. Again, okay, yeah, you're right, and he's but he's not showing him up, throwing deep, you know, running, no, you know what r- I mean, running play action, r- running the, uh, r- running the, uh, what was it, the uh, Boomer Science? You, you mean the Buddy Ryan? Uh, what was it a flea flicker? Well, I was the Cowboys. Yeah, no, I was just going to talk about the fake spike. Was it was that Boomer oh. Sison that ran the fake that ran the fake spike and then hit him in the end zone for the Jets? Well, that was Marino, but they were losing the game. That was actually strategy. Well, I understand, but I know Marino did. I thought somebody did it for the Jets too. Uh, yeah. I don't believe maybe they did so. it against the Jets. Maybe I don't know. Okay, all right. So Vic Fangio, especially, especially if you had a beef and you didn't say anything at midfield, maybe we've got some listeners, we got some viewers out there that saw that part of it. We didn't see that part of it, so hopefully he addressed it at least addressed it with Harbaugh like a man. Having said everything we did about Fangio, there was a coach who had an even worse weekend. <laughs> there was Scott. Let's talk about it, shall we? In the uh, segment. That we have uh, so aptly entitled, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. It's so hard to hit that cue, because if I let it go too long... It, I kind of like it twice, to be it honest. Go, it it's, go, like the, it's like the donkey that never ends. It goes it goes into the battleship. If I let it go too long, and then we get... There's a battleship? That's, oh, okay. Yeah, you I, know. I never knew it was a battleship. Yeah, this okay. one. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that was a battleship. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the battleship warning siren. So I'll let you take this one. I got to I got to rant about Fangio. You can you can you can uh, do your thing about Disco Urban. So on the sheet, we usually write out a full description, couple points, you know, <laughs> right. stuff like that. Bullet points. I, I checked the sheet today, and I just see two words. And it just says Urban Meyer. And I feel like that's just a perfect way to sum up the mad and disappointed aspect of it. Because we both thought that Urban Meyer, who has come with a lot of baggage to various programs in college, and yeah, he's had some issues that have gone on as well with some assistant coaches, stuff like that. Anyway, we thought that he would be a disaster in Jacksonville on the field. But off the field, we thought there might also be occasionally maybe he would leave early because of a heart issue or something. But he might have had heart issues because he was kind of flirting with some people off the field. Is that a fair way to put it? That's a fair way to put it. If you haven't seen the video, I wish I wish we had the technology we could just cut to the clip. Because he's basically, what would you call it, Scott? Grinding on the... Uh, I guess. He's a, not really moving. 
No, he's it's sitting. In a, he's, he's, he's sitting. Receiving, uh, he's, he's in a bar stool. A, and yeah, he's, he's turned around. A, yeah, I'll say it this way: he was receiving a COVID era lap dance. <laughs> Is that a, fair? A fully vertical lap dance, pretty much. And so he's he's sitting at the bar. He's got his back turned to the bar. I'd be drinking too if I was Jacksonville's coach. Oh my god! So now, Scott, have you seen the other angle? Uh, yes, that actually came out a couple hours ago. Right? Yeah, getting he's getting close to the full reverse scoop there. Mm-hmm. He's certainly taking some liberties with a young lady that normally you would not take in a bar without a lot of permission. I've never gone a, a vertical lap dance in a bar before, so never, I, I can't relate to the proper. Never got handsy. You did the, the like the reverse scoop in a college bar. No, you're getting run over during happy hour. That's how that works. <laughs> Um, okay, so I'll start. Ooh, what the hell? Did you enjoy the excuse, by the way? He said he was at a dinner and a couple of evil uh, spirits or somebody or whatever came up to him and prop, prop, basically propositioned him to go to the bar in the first place. I... That that was kind of the excuse e- evil, he went with. Evil spirit? You're going with evil spirits here? A couple of e- un- bad-intentioned individuals. Uh, I, I love when the him. I love when the coach I love when the coach or the player like takes to Twitter and makes their initial statement before they check with their agent and then two or three hours later there'll be like a formal apology and I, I t- really want one coach to just type in my bad and just send it and just see what happens because everyone knows whatever he said is complete nonsense anyway so you might as well just say my bad and that's it or so you know did you see the ass on that. <laughs> There's just something you're like, well, who can you, can you blame me? I mean, me? like, he makes a point. Like, no, you're just looking at, like, no matter what he says, he's screwed. So the more excuses you try to build into it, the bigger the hole you're digging yourself into. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I would just, if I was in the situation, I would just say my bad, and nobody would talk about it because you acknowledged it. You didn't, like, make an excuse or anything. By you claiming a reason why... You just made it infinitely worse for yourself because of the memes. I don't get it. I and I don't. He is. Uh, he's been married since 1986. By the way, how about that? Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Real solid. So he's been. He's married. trying to spice things up a little bit. Been married 35 years. Married a long time too. Scott. It's about thirty-four more years, and he's going to be with the Jaguars. Oh <laughs> uh, man! Oh, dude, he's got. Oh my god, he's got daughters. He has daughters that are older than that girl in the bar. That are older than the girl in the bar. Yeah, his daughters are older. Because I couldn't tell old the girl. I, mean, in the she, bar I was. thought. Well, I thought she was like a college student. Okay, I think I had her a bit older. I thought she was probably like maybe mid twenties. Okay, maybe. Still, I don't know how old her daughters are. His his daughters are, but still. Well, they've they they've graduated from college, so. Okay. So let me tell you. Congratu- something. Congratulations to them. Let me let me tell you let me tell you how this works as, as a as a father of three daughters. All right, you can look the the absolute ceiling or the absolute floor for the age that you can look at in any sort of oh that's a an attractive female there the absolute floor is at least a couple of years older than your youngest daughter okay okay so as, you, as as that as they get older that scale rises so 
for me, you know, my so kids. So that's the opposite of the Matthew McConaughey days and confused high school girl. They all stay the same. Yes. No matter so how old I this get, this one they actually all increases this as one, you get. Okay. It is a sliding cool. scale. And that, and that is scale has used me very, is, has served me very well. Keeps you from any kind of creeper situation because let's face it, Scott, a 60 year old man ain't got nothing to talk to with the 25 year old woman. Nothing, nothing. I can barely stand talking to you for an hour a day. I, she might have been impressed by the speed option play call on four. What you think that was it? <laughs> she thinks she was giving him tips on how to juice up the offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, what'd you trade Minshew for? What's the matter mm-hmm. with you, grind, grind, She's grind? She's just trying to like honeypot the situation, trying to find out like strategies moving forward. <laughs> God, do, you, do, you, do you think she was asking him like, uh, do, do you uh, do you know where the Miami coach stays? <laughs> You know? uh, coach, coach, spread next week's <laughs> plus seven and a half. You think you're covering? <laughs> oh my God. Why would you go for it there, coach? I don't know. I, I don't understand it. Of course, we're, we had the roast team, but it's it's a. Is it a. I mean, it, we don't have to ask you. It's, it's a terrible look. What kind of judgment does that. Does having it. And I know we talk about with politics, about your personal life. You got to separate that from the politician. We did it with Clinton and Trump and blah, blah, blah. I'll tell you what, though. You, Urban Meyer this... did not have sex with that woman. How do he we did know? did not have sexual relations. Well, not on the woman. dance floor. He didn't. We don't know. No, that, was a, that, was, that was a Bill Clinton joke. But yeah, I understand. Enough. No, I get that. I, I get it. But so do we separate our sports people the same way? Do I don't. We, do you, does he get roasted less if Jacksonville's 4-0? Yes. Okay. All right. Didn't didn't Jerry Jones bring an attractive woman into the press box or like at a club with him or something? And people are going, good for Jerry. Look at him. It's because he's successful. Is that the it's deal? because Jerry actually makes a ton of money. And you're like, all right, you know, good for Jerry. But I think the issue wasn't the fact that he was getting a dance from a girl in a bar. The issue was his team's 0-4. People think it's the worst team in the league. And he's having a good time. At least that was my interpretation of why people were upset at that is oh that no i don't think it is besides I, the marriage aspect but and he's realistically old. a lot of married people have gone to strip clubs or it wasn't you know, a strip other whatever it wasn't a it was in a bar it was That's like what a, i'm saying so you know what, it was whatever. like a tgr like tgi f- i'm saying so you know, girl, you know? Walk, girl walks up to you i'm sure other married people might partake as well so that's not the angle i'm coming at i'm coming at the angle of his team stinks Maybe he shouldn't have as good of a time publicly as he's been having. Oh, great. Well, I'll go ahead and pick up the bucket of Urban Meyer's a horrible human being because he's been married for 35 years and he's grinding against a 20-something in a bar. So okay. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go ahead and take that angle. That's one way of taking the angle. Yeah. I'm just saying that Urban Meyer is not the only married guy who would have also accepted a dance from a girl at a bar. I don't, think it, I don't think it lit up Twitter today because the Jacksonville Jaguars are 0-4. I think it lit up Twitter because he's a scumbag. I think it could be both. Why not both? Yeah. All right. Very good. So when we talked about it was it was hard to uh, it was hard to decide who was going to be donkey and who was going to be disappointed. I think I think we got it sorted out in the right direction. So. All right, buddy. Quick reminder: you are listening to uh, Winners and Winers Radio, soon to be renamed. By the way, Scott was going to be it's going to be hidden back to the window with Scott and Scott. You excited? Looking forward to it. Okay, great. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you're going to say that on the air or you're just going to wait for the title to change one day in the YouTube description. I thought we should give them a heads up. And people would just go like, what the hell is this? <laughs> yeah, we're going to we're going to be we're going to be changing it when we go live. We're going to be going live, Scott. You ready? Live? Live. 
We'll do it live. We're going to be doing it live on uh, in the afternoons. I think I think yep. from three to three to four Eastern time is the time that's uh, we're getting ready to plug in. So looking forward to it. Hopefully, everybody will still uh, will still join us. It's going to be it's going to be hard if we're if we if we are your partner there in the morning as you're doing your morning routine. I apologize for that, but mm-hmm. we're going to have you better numbers, better injury information, more better ingredients, days. better ingredients. Papa John's. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right, Scott. So a little bit of movement in the NFL MVP situation. Kyler Murray, he is now your favorite. He should be. Plus 550 at Caesar Sportsbook. Patrick Mahomes, perhaps you've heard of him. He's pretty good. He's plus 600. Josh Allen plus 800. Brady Rogers are plus 900. And it goes But how am I supposed to there. vote for Mahomes if his team's 500? I don't know, Scott. <laughs> have to fig- figure out a way to do it in your heart. Could you... Could you uh. Because you watch you watch these two you watch these two uh, fumble clowns tonight continually overthrow guys all night. No, Mahomes is a god. Yeah. I, Mahomes is the most talented quarterback I've ever seen. Yeah, thank you very much. There's no way around it. I, I'm just you know speaking what the obvious is in public, but Murray should be the favorite because it's also a narrative award. The Cardinals, if they win the toughest division in football and Murray doesn't get injured, he'll win the award, in my opinion, because Mahomes already got one. Yep. They don't typically like to give it to the same guy numerous times unless they really, really deserve it. Yep. Oh, Mahomes the- should arguably deserve it because if the Chiefs go 12 and 5 with this defense, <laughs> I'd probably give it to Mahomes anyway. Yeah, let's see. But, the, the, well, there's seven, 17 games. I think they're going to have to put up 800 points to do that. Yeah. So either way, the Chiefs will have to average like 35 points per game if they're going to go 12 and 5 or more, but or better. But I think Murray should be the favorite. He hasn't won it before. He's a dynamic player. He's very talented, and they're in the toughest division in football. So, well, and you say plus, it. Plus, they're the only undefeated team left. You say it in the NFC. No, there's no other. Oh, that's right, because the Raiders. Left. The Raiders went down. You're right. They were. Yeah. The, they were only. There was only two left. That's isn't that weird? Yeah. Four weeks, one undefeated team. Dolphins are starting to pop the champagne already. Zonka's getting the bottle open already. Yeah, yeah absolutely sure. And you always talk about how much they love a narrative, and that is absolutely true. And there's no better narrative than the guy that. Turned down the MLB uh, contract to go play in the NFL, which yep. I thought at the time was a horrible mistake. I'm sure if Oakland still had him, they might have made the playoffs this past year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, the Athletics certainly have their own problems. Anybody else there worth a sniff? I think it's tricky. Brady, I'm going to say no. I don't want to say that this game eliminated him against New England, but it really wasn't pretty. And... I think that Brady, if they were going to win it, Tampa, I thought, would need to dominate. And I know they won the game against New England anyway, and this team is still 3-1, and one, which is good. The offense just hasn't wowed me as much as I feel like it needed to if he was going to win the award. And right. I feel like if they're going to give it to him, it's going to be a legacy award. But in terms of who actually deserves it, I see three guys right now. You have, obviously, Murray. You got Mahomes. I'm not taking Stafford. I don't think Stafford's going to make it. I'm not taking Rodgers either. I'm actually going Josh Allen. And it's I know that he wasn't amazing against the Texans last week. He was pretty good. But I just think the Bills are going to score so many points that he's just going to have such an opportunity because Green Bay, Rodgers, he won it last year. You rarely see the same guy win it twice. And I'm, I think people might overreact to that blowout loss in week one and just go, Rodgers, nah. Like he's already starting behind the eight ball. Allen, if the Bills end up averaging like 35 points per game or something like that, which is feasible, right? Allen's numbers are going to be nuts. 
So I'm going to say those are my three. You? How about Russ at 25 to one? If you want to take, if you want to take a, a, a shot, I think Russ is going to fall into the same area that Breeze did his entire career, which was this guy's insanely good. He's obviously worthy of an MVP season, and yet there's always another guy with better stats who wins the award instead of him. Could be. Could be. Because I think Breeze should have won one, but then you look at all the years and go, besides the passing record year, you had Peyton Manning, you had Tom Brady, and you had a bunch of ridiculous quarterbacks during that era. So he didn't have a realistic chance to win one besides the one year. And that was a shame. But <laughs> that was a you're shame. Looking at, I would have voted for Breeze, but you're looking at Wilson. Well, you were wrong, so. He's competing with Mahomes. Uh-huh. He's competing with Kyler Murray's putting up great numbers as well. In terms of valuable is the key word. Wilson should arguably win it every year because the supporting cast is not very good, and yet he'll still win 10, 11 games every season. Fair enough. And, you know, Kyler Murray, he has really improved his accuracy. You know, he used, <laughs> used to be kind of a kind of a running quarterback, and now he's actually throwing the ball quite well. So I think the main difference is the footwork because Kyler used to throw a lot off his back foot. Right. Just trying to fade away because he's so short. He tried to get it over. He, he lofted over some guys, and the footwork would get a little messy. He's been a lot better in keeping his footwork actually – on target well his accuracy outside of the pocket has increased dramatically too and that's a huge huge part of his game because obviously he's not going to be at his height he's not going to be a traditional drop back passer just not going to now i would i wouldn't bet murray at this price because i still have the injury concerns and i'm not sure if you can actually win the award if you get injured for a game or two right and murray has missed some games in his career but he deserves to be the favorite right now okay you i'm with you I, i i think the best player on the best team right now, and especially coming off a very good win there against the Rams, a team that I thought was better than Arizona. Yeah. Yeah, there's no reason. And, you know, Mahomes is, in spite of his five touchdown passes yesterday, or on Sunday, rather, but... The interceptions are a little bit noticeable. They are, and, you know, the, the, the sad part is he doesn't have many, <laughs> compared to, comparatively speaking, but mm-hmm. for Mahomes, he has a lot. He threw six last year. He's got four this year. Well, so. he had six last year, but he also had about 17 that were dropped. Well, that's always the thing. You, they always come back with Mahomes like, oh, they dropped it. You know, I, no, but the point is, is that you can make an argument that the fact that he's having more means that Mahomes was always taking chances. Just you're going to eventually balance it out just based on positive or negative regression. That's true. That's true. Um, actually, I don't think you can have positive regression, but that's progression sorry for another time thank you hey congratulations to bubba wallace and michael jordan and that whole team picked up a win at talladega yesterday and a rain shortened uh a rain shortened race there they had to cancel on sunday finally got enough of it in danny hamlin too who's like a half owner half racer for another for like another he's got his own thing going on yep Yep, and uh, bubba paid 33 to 1 to win talladega scott that have been that have been a nice hit because when we did our NASCAR show, you and I and, and uh, uh, one of our former colleagues used to do a NASCAR show last year, and we always talked about how the super speedways, if you were going to pick somebody to kind of jump up and steal one, the super speedways sometimes are the place to do it because they get they get jumbled up there. and they Just you, avoid you, the big wreck. Well, that's you have to avoid the big one, obviously. And with them cutting it, cutting it off after, I think they ran 133 laps, after cutting it off, you didn't have the opportunity for that big wreck there inside of five. So, for the record, I don't know if it's a hot take. I'm not trying to sound like a hater. Uh-huh. If it was full distance, Bubba Wallace is not winning. You don't know. You you don't know. You don't know, but I'm saying his odds of winning. Let's just say I wasn't in favor of about thirty three to one. Well, mid race, it was probably closer to around 
seven. I, I think there's no chance even in first place, Bubble was the leading live bet favorite. No, I'm sure. But that's the thing. If you are on the lead lap at, that's all you at, need. at a super speedway, uh, it's a chip in a chair. You've got you've got a chip in a chair. That's that's exactly right. You never know how the train's going to go. You never know which line. Maybe you get hung out to dry. Maybe you get maybe you get a push at the right time, and all of a sudden you're in the you're in the fast line. Oh, so. good for him. You know he was fortunate, but it's the same thing as winning a money line on a rain delay bet. You know it, it happens. You don't know if anything's going to happen, but you were winning at the time, so cash, good for him. Cash that ticket, absolutely, <laughs> and it absolutely goes down um, in the. Uh, in the record books as a win. It's the first win for an African-American. It's its second all-time in NASCAR. The first since 1963. Um, yeah, good for him, Scott. Does it, uh, I don't know, does it mean any, does it mean more? Is that, is it, is it that big of a deal? I mean, we talked about, you know, we've, we've talked about some breakthrough things. We've talked about, you know, gay players are now in, now in, in the, uh, in the various sports leagues. Um, you know, you don't even talk about, you know, when I was younger, Scott, if you if you had an African American quarterback, that was a big deal. You know, winning with when the Steelers won with Joe Gilliam, that was of course. I'm thinking Doug Williams, Doug, Doug Williams in the Super Bowl, right? So and now it's it's no longer even a thing. It's not even it's it's not it's not even thought of. Men, yeah. So is this? I think we're kind of on the way there. I think I don't think NASCAR is necessarily quite as colorblind as some of the other sports, just because of the rigors involved in the way that you come up. Um, you know, it's a uh, uh, for lack of, you know, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a rich man's sport because to get going in it, you've got to spend a lot of money on equipment, and it's you know more of a suburban type of type of situation. So I think it's I think it's fantastic. Bubble Wall seems like a great guy. I'm super happy for him. Um, just another just another uh, barrier that's been smashed, and I think all sports are better for it. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't know if he's a great guy or not. I thought the whole garage noose door handle scandal thing was just atrocious in itself. So, well, it kind of took on a life of its own. I don't know what sort of I don't, I don't, know what I don't really know, but I, I don't know if Wallace is a good guy or not. Either way, he made history, so good for him. But I think it's a big deal moving forward because of the fact that it might attract other African-American drivers sure. to Michael Jordan's team. Finally, now, Michael I'm Jordan not, can have some success at something, by the I way. I was going to say, I'm not sure if Michael Jordan was going to only go after African-American drivers. No, I but would, I do I would think, think take, that take the if best you ones. have, I think if you do have a successful African-American driver, it could pave the way for people to suddenly be interested in potentially joining the actual circuit. Agreed. Agreed. Um, and hopefully you could do something that makes it a little more accessible. You know, maybe develop some programs. You know, like the, uh, like baseball has developed the RBI program to, uh, to reach out to inner city youth and things like that. So also shout out to Michael Jordan. He's a he's a more successful NASCAR owner than he is an NBA owner. More more wins as a NASCAR. He's more wins. Yeah. Is <laughs> uh, it too soon to make that joke or no? I the think... NBA side is not that pretty. No, no, it's uh well, you know, you can't be expected to know anything about basketball. His is he's about the expertise is in NASCAR. He's all I mean, about auto racing, yeah. Him and him and Joe Gibbs, buddy. Joe Gibbs was successful in a lot of different trades, I'll tell yeah, you that. He much. really was. All right. Even his good. son or his grandson's a good driver. Um um who's his who's his grandson? Uh he's cool. in I don't I don't remember if it's the truck series or he's in the like Xfinity series, but Cor he's got he's got like a grandson or somebody who's actually a good driver. Corey Gibbs, is that right? Is that the name? Could be, but mm. he's good. Okay, guy can race. Okay, well, he probably has uh, probably had pretty good equipment. I'm sure he did. 
Well, Scott, up there in your neck of the woods, the I was going to say the, the manager purging has begun. It wasn't a true firing, though, Scott, because Louis, I need the wording. Louis, I need to know if the manager fired bets are done or not, because this guy didn't get fired. He was let go. He was, they were at, he, was asked, he was asked not to come back. They were, they were downsizing. Yeah. They were headed in a different direction. They've got him. They've got him in a very small office in the basement. They took his stapler. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so he might, set the, he might set the building on fire. So I'm just I'm looking the so yeah the official wording is move on decline the option but it's Luis Rojas of the New York Mets. He will not be returning to coach the New York Mets next season to manage the Mets. So is Bob Melvin still alive? Is that what are we doing here? That's I feel like that's the question everyone wants to know. But either that or Baldelli. I'm sure a lot of people want to know about Baldelli because you're praying that you're fading Aaron Boone. And if the Yankees lose the game to Boston, which we'll talk about in a second, then I'm assuming he'll get fired. So the clock is ticking on some people who might be trying to make some tickets before the playoff game takes place. But yeah, I am fine with the move. By the way. Because you called for Bob Melvin's firing in the second week of April, you are not able to do a victory lap if they fire him in October. I disagree. But you're, we'll, we'll, you're we'll like, cross that bridge when we cross they're that They're two bridge. and nine. They need to fire yeah. him now. He needs to Anyway, <laughs> they didn't make the playoffs, though. That was a bit surprising. No. They, they, but anyway, to go through the actual stuff with, with Rojas quickly, the Mets were expected to win the division. We didn't think they would. We liked Atlanta preseason, but... Mets made us look silly for a long time. Yeah, the Mets were supposed to. I don't know if they made us look silly. Every other team was so bad that the Mets were the default uh, leader in the NFC East last year, for example. But the point is that the Mets really have underachieved for a long time. They have the one fluky Daniel Murphy World Series appearance, which they lost to your team. I remember that, yeah. Other than that, they've had really no success pretty much since the turn of the millennium. Yeah. I can't criticize the move because this team spent a ton of money on players and you got to blame somebody. So they're going to blame the manager. All right. Very good. Hey, let's take a look at this baseball game, Scott. We got those, uh, we got the Yankees and we got your, uh, you got your Boston Red Sox. The Red Sox are the home team. You got my Yankees and the Boston Red Sox. That's right. And the Red Sox, of course, hosting this game because they ran the Yankees out of the building during the regular season, Scott. They they won the series 10, nine. 10 to 9, and they outscored them by, do you know? It was a lot, because the beginning of the year was pretty hideous. It no, was I'm joking. Wasn't it like five runs? One run. Damn it. One run. <laughs> I was trying to set up a great fake whatever just to say no. it was a small number. It was smaller than I thought it even was. Yeah, no, it's, it's one. So these teams obviously evenly matched throughout the season. It's going to be Garrett Cole against Nathan Evalde. You and I, we do have a spoiler alert. We got to bet the farm play on this game. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't feel like that's giving away too much to you. We're, we're going to talk about the game though, because we got a prop we like. Yep, you're absolutely right. But you, we're not. So we're not going to talk about that prop. But we will talk about the game. Scott, Yankees are favored here. Uh, about minus one twenty is the last thing I saw. Let me. Uh, they should be. See if that's changed, it's uh, a little bit. Yeah, it's gone up. It's starting to creep up. Minus one twenty three, minus one twenty five at DraftKings. I think we would agree, even if Cola struggled lately, he's got to be favored over Yavaldi. Sure. It's based on principle. Yeah, you have to put well, Cole as the favorite. Although Yavaldi's had a fine, a fine season. He, he leads the majors in fit. Did you know that? I actually was aware of that. There you go. 
So it's not like he's had a trash season. He's been very good. But yeah, he's been great, you know, with that stuff. But he pitches in a damn home run derby ballpark. So we'll see what happens. He does. He does. And you're going to go with Cole in this one, even though he struggled lately. It's really a tough spot because the Yankees did pretty well against Boston the last time they were in Fenway. They swept. But for me, I think that it's going to be a very tight game, obviously. The Yankees' offense really struggled in the final three games against Tampa. Right. But Tampa's also just a really good just pitching staff. Like yes. That team's just really talented. I've heard that. Boston, even though they won two out of three against uh, Washington, they won two out of three or they swept? They won two out of three. They did? Mm-hmm. Okay. I believe that. They correct. didn't really look that good in that series either. No? They had to come from behind a couple of times. Yep. They pulled it off and everything, but this Boston bullpen is really something that you should be fearful of, especially if Yavaldi, who got shelled against New York in his last time out, can't give you any distance because your ace in the hole was supposed to be Chris Sale, but he obviously pitched on Sunday, so he's not available. They already announced he's not available, not even for the bullpen. So you're going to have to piece together Eduardo Rodriguez and some other mid-relief because you also used Pavetta to close out the game on Sunday. Now, I don't like Pavetta, but you use two of your starters. How about Hauk? Hauk's a guy. I think you could bring him for three innings. He Uh gave up no hits his last outing. But the bullpen stinks. We know that. And the Yankees' bullpen, which has been a a roller coaster all season long, they might have found something. Because they're bringing Severino out of the bullpen now. Right. Chapman's been really good lately. I'm not a big Chad Green guy this season, but Loisic has been insane. Yeah, he's been. He's... Holmes has been great. They have some guys. Well, and Holmes is the guy that I think has really kind of been a surprise. Yeah. And he had of what, five with Pittsburgh, and they brought him over, and he's given up like one run, yeah. or like two runs with the Yankees. Yeah, he's been fantastic. Of course, they still have, they've still got Wandy Peralta back there too, if you need to, if you need somebody to throw some, to mm-hmm. eat some, eat some innings. And this is a Yankees pin that's been very good since the trade deadline. They're uh, mm-hmm. third in ERA, second in whip, I believe. Uh, now, Cole, of course, is, let's just say, struggling. And against the Red Sox, he's fared okay this season. In Fenway, it's been a bit of a dicey ride. It has. It's, it, hasn't, it hasn't been a great season for Garrett Cole in Fenway Park. No, no question about it. He did, uh, he did manage to... You know, his last outing against Boston is kind of deceiving. He shows six innings, three earned runs. He pitched five scoreless innings to start. He gave up that three-run home run to Devers there in the sixth. So He looked a lot better the second time around. Because earlier this year, he got shelled in about an inning of work. Yeah, I agree. So the one of the bigger problems, of course, you know, talk about a lot of people that are banged up for the Yankees. Uh, of course, DJ LeMahieu not going to be making the uh, the, the, the game he's done. That's Voight's a, also done, but he wouldn't have played anyway. Voight's done, but, you know, it's a, it's a valuable, you know, bat off the bench if you need him. Yeah, it's a whatever. bench bat that the Yankees don't have. So, but on the Boston side, they've got their own problems. They've got J.D. Martinez, who turned his ankle uh, on running, uh, hit a bag, hit, hit second base wrong, turned his ankle on Sunday. So... He's questionable. He's going to be a game-time decision. How big of a deal is that, Scott? Although he doesn't hit cold extremely well. I think it's a big deal just because of the fact that he can also work a count. So if you want to get base runners, of course, that'll help you out because Martinez is a pure hitter. He's just very good. But he's kind of in the same boat Rochelle is in. They both really can't move around that much, but they're warriors, and they're probably going to play. 
And Rochelle is different because he's also playing the field. Right. And Martinez can field to save his life, so he's oh. going to DH. I was I was but, in that game where he ran into the wall and broke his arm, by the way. Broke his wrist. Just saying in general, though, he's not exactly a good fielder by no. any means, so I'm assuming he'll DH. Urshela has to play the field. The Yankees in the infield are so bad defensively that Urshela has to play the field. I think that Martinez is going to play, but I am wondering how soon you can maybe pull him for a pinch runner. All right, so give me your picks. Let's 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 wrap it up. Give me give me your picks on the on the game and the total. Uh, as a Yankees fan, I'm torn because I want us to win and make the playoffs, but I have despised watching this team play for the entire season. This team just gives me pain and suffering. I'm taking the Yankees. Okay. Right. I think Cole's going to pitch well. Yavaldi, I think, will do fine, but I do think it's going to be close late, and I trust the Yankees' bullpen more than Boston's bullpen. Cole, by the way, 202 ERA as a playoff pitcher after he, he left Pittsburgh. He lost the final game against Tampa last year. Two to one. He gave up one hit yeah. in the entire game. Yeah, lost two to one. Yeah, uh, he. I don't, I don't know if he got the loss or no. The Chapman gave up the home run to to Brousseau, but he gave up one hit or something like that. Right. Like he was fantastic. He's a gamer. He's a big. Yeah. He's a big game guy. I'm. I'm gonna. I've got to go with you. I've. I've got to play the Yankees here. Um, I don't want. It's to gonna be a war. I don't see this being a blowout in any stretch of the imagination. Okay. All right. Good enough. What do you feel about the total? For the total, we kind of disagree a little bit, which we is do. why it took us a while to actually come up with the play of the day. I'm looking at the under. Okay. It's playoff baseball. These teams hate each other. Yep. I see a lot of stressful situations anytime there's a guy on base. I don't like the current form of the Yankees offense, and I think Cole pitched pretty well. I see this game being 4-3 to three or 3-2, three to two, but I'm taking the under. See, and I think you're suffering from recency bias because they struggled with Tampa, be. Tampa Bay. But they the nine games before that, they put up 55 runs. So a lot, some of it could be nerves. Just thinking about the guys you going nerve? against your arch rival in a one game elimination, I yeah. do think you might see a little bit of tightness. Okay, all right, fair enough. I'm I'm going the other direction. I'm gonna I'm gonna fade the uh, Boston bullpen, and I'm also gonna fade Evaldi just a little bit because the the big bats for the Yankees they uh, absolutely mash against Evaldi. Uh, Stanton, uh, Judge, and, the exception of Joey Gallo and Rizzo. Well, I wasn't. I don't count Rizzo as a big bat. I, he, he counts between three and five. So I mean, yeah, one, the 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 once the one and a half times he runs into one during the week. Yeah, yeah but no, Gallo, and Gallo really struggles against Evaldi. Mm-hmm. I think he's one for eight or nine yeah, in his career. Well, I think he's one for nine. But yeah, that's yeah. The, that's the thing. That's uh, those guys hit him well. So I think there's going to be I think they're going to launch some balls down the uh, down the short right field and uh, you see Judge going oppo I, just, I can just see it right. I around, think Judge will have a good game. Right around. I, the, I'm right a, around I really pe- like how Gal, how a Judge has been swinging the bat right, lately. Right around the pesky pole, maybe launch some over the monster. I and then you get a shot at the Boston bullpen. I see it going over. So okay, all right, very good. Well, it's that time, Scott. Let's uh, we have put our heads together. We have come up with one play that we like. More than all the others, and of course, um, we did not do well yesterday at our at, uh, at farm or personal. We had a full we had a full quarter of draws. Yes, it was uh, it was just absolutely brutal. We needed we needed the Raiders to score one more touchdown, Scott, and they just they couldn't get there. It was it seemed like such an easy play, and then they, they got into plus territory. They settled for a fifty something yarder, which wasn't even close. Yes, it was brutal, brutal. So. We are going to rally right now. We put on our rally hats. Time to get it going, Scott. 
Climb on your tractor. Put on your overalls, everybody. It is time to get your pink slips out. Get those deeds to the back 40 in your hand because it's time to bet the farm. All right. Well, we are going to preseason NBA basketball. No, we're not doing that. We're going to the we're going to the game. We're going to take a look at the Yankees and the Boston Red Sox. Scott, we're going to take a prop as you as you teased earlier. We are going to take Nathan Eovaldi over five and a half strikeouts. That's minus one fifteen at DraftKings. That's the best price we could find on that. A uh, couple of notes here that'll help sell this case to you. Nathan Eovaldi has struck out six or more batters in 15 of his last 17 games, Scott. He has made six starts against the Yankees this season. In five of those six starts, he struck out six or better uh, in those in the, in those uh, five games. He had 38 total strikeouts. And finally, the Yankees are not afraid to generate a little win with the bats. My friend, they average 9.15 strikeouts per game. That is sixth most in the league. Scott, I'm not sure if they get to him for some hits, but I think there's going to be a, a lot of balls either flying out or strike three because we like Nathan Eovaldi over five and a half strikeouts on our Bet the Farm play. Yeah, I think that number's too low. I think it should be closer to six and a half. Yep, I totally totally agree. I think six and a half is the right number there. So we're going to take advantage of the inefficiency in the market. So that is our play. Good luck on that one, guys. Good luck on all your plays. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Thanks for checking us out. We appreciate the effort for myself and for Scott Reichel, for the whole team over here at winnersandwiners.com. We appreciate all that you do. Don't forget to drop us a comment. Don't forget to rate and subscribe, all that good stuff. You guys have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow on Winners and Winers Radio. Take care, everybody.